she just makes me depressed and I don't know I want you know just like just seeing just nothing no good shit happened today except for I had a good dream like the trip world was good if I could have stayed asleep that would have been cool but I couldn't stay asleep so uh, that was uh, kind of a drag but uh, I don't know just uh, and, and just and then I go to and then I go to, to munch and like they they sat me on this table where there was bubble gum on the chair and it got all over my shirt and I'm like and I almost felt like felt like it was a, a thing that you know maybe it was or maybe it wasn't but I just felt like it was like a thing that the Mexican dudes were doing to like go why are you wearing this uh, okay did you leave a message on your machine or something yeah I left a message okay we'll have to look at the, at the machine later but yeah it's uh, I don't know but it was like I, I just like felt it was like one of those things where like no, no, you know, like it might be real, it might not be real. So it's like I gotta look at it like that. But I just felt like it was like the Mexican dudes going, "Oh, you little privileged white packer wood, we're gonna put gum on your shirt, and you know, you should be dressed like the rest of us, and you should blend in with us, and blah blah." blah. And I don't want to look like everybody else. I want to look like myself. Damn it, that's you know, maybe that makes me a privileged honky, whatever. But fuck, you know, maybe that makes me a packer wood or whatever. But fuck, goddamn, man, it's like. Damn it, I want to look like my son. Maybe I'm being a dick, like going, okay, is there like a way I can get this off with ice or something? Maybe I shouldn't have been like that. And maybe that was fucked up. You know, but it's like I'm, I'm eating my thing and I guess I'm drink, I'm eating ice while I'm drinking my Coke and they want me to get out of there or something. And it's just like, so I just like got another water and drank it really fast and left. But it's just like, and then this somebody else is like, why don't you wear one of these shirts? I'm like, I want to wear the shirt I have. I just don't want my shit to be ripped off. I don't want anybody else's shit. I don't want to look like everybody else. I don't want to blend in with this, with everything here. You know, I want to be myself. I've never stolen. I've never stolen anything. Oh. I've never stolen anything from you. I've never stolen anything from you. Shit. Okay, anyway. Uh, so, and then that stuff is happening. And it's just like, I've, you know, like part of me is just like, this script is over here is drama and nothing. It's not turning into a good script yet. And... I don't know, you know, it's probably not going to turn into a good script until July, and if it doesn't turn into a good script script by late July, I'm going to have to try to f- see if I can make it a good script in August by paying for a hooker or something, but fuck. I don't know. We'll see. But I want my life to be a better script. I can't take this shit. I just, like, everybody's... <laughs> I've had it with everybody. I don't want to be... I don't know. I don't want to be more disempowered than I already am, and I'm just like fucking. Uh, I'm just. I'm just like today. I've just had it with the script of, of everything, and I just want to chill here because I just don't want to spend my money that fast, and I don't like. I don't really feel like going to my old neighborhood right now. I want to like spend, just spend my money slowly, you know. <laughs> And, uh, 
just hold on to my bread for as long as I can hold on to it, you know, and try to spend it slowly so I don't get, so I'll be, still be okay by, you know, the rest of the month, you know, and it's like, I don't do math. Maybe that's what made me go crazy. Okay, good. Thank you. You're just yourself, man. You, you just got things you're pissed off at. Okay, anyway. Um, so, I'm just fed up with this, uh, with the script here. I'm talking to a friend of mine on the phone. I'm not trying to pay attention to you. Okay, crazy chick, whatever. Oh, shut up. Oh, shut up. Okay, anyway. <laughs> See if I can go on with this. I'm just, this script is fucking weird. And I've, I've had, I'm just not willing to keep being disempowered by everybody who thinks that, I mean, I don't know. Hopefully nothing's going to happen. That's in, only thing that's been stolen so far in my whole thing was that one cell phone and I got made the money got made up for me, you know, this week, so that's not bugging me. So it's like I'm just trying to not get any of my shit stolen. And I'm just trying to I'm just trying to uh just like not have people tell me that I gotta that I owe it to them to let me steal to let them steal my shit because I'm supposed to look like everybody else and I'm supposed to be like everybody else. It's like, hey, I'm not a drug addict. You know, it's like I'm not a drug addict. I was able to save my money and buy my own clothes. Maybe you dudes have to get everything donated because these dudes are spending all their money on drugs or whatever. But damn it, I'm not a drug addict, so I can save my money and buy my own shit and look like myself. And I don't have to be like everybody else here, you know, shit. And so it's like, that's kind of where my head's at. And, and maybe I am being a dick. Maybe I'm starting to, this is making me, yeah, whatever. Oh, shut up. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> okay, anyway. It's just like... I'm just... I'm just like... Don't want to be in that position, you know? It's like... I just feel like that's what's going on, is everybody's like pushing that on me, and it's like... Damn it. I'm not trying to fuck with nobody else. I don't want to be fucked with. I don't have to be like everybody else. Shit. Let me just be myself and do my thing, and it just—it makes me want to be like that dude that was here a couple days ago, acting like a goddamn clansman. It just makes me think that kind of shit when this shit happens, you know, like, you know. But it's like I know that's not going to help me. I know that's just going to help the people want to lock me up. So it's like I, I can't be like that. But damn it, like when this shit happens, I'm just like, uh, I just feel that way. Okay, and I know I shouldn't be. Okay, well, I'm a creepy person. Fuck it, I don't care. Fuck it. I'm not sorry. And I can live in the world you want me to live in. Fuck it. 
Okay, anyway, so that's my world. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so how was your world today? Uh... You know, just, uh, went to a meeting early. Talked about, uh, what's it called? You know, being an upright citizen and all that good shit. Well, yeah. Well, integrity in the program. I want to be a down wrong uh, lack of a citizen. I'm not a citizen of this place. I'm a down wrong person, so fuck it. I'm not going to be upright. That's like a biblical term. That's like one of those creator terms. That's not me. I'm down wrong. <laughs> fuck it. Yeah, I mean, that's I'm been established. Them. I'm not going to rip these people off, but damn it, I'm not going to... I'm not going to fucking fall into anybody's right and wrong shit either. Shit. So fuck it. Yeah, that's been established. Okay. Anyway, so what else happened in your day? Uh, after that, oh, went and got some cigarettes. Uh, mm-hmm. Took a nap after, you know, watching some TV. The fuck? I'm on Wi-Fi. Why the fuck did that happen? Hi, this is Kyle. I'm not in right now, but leave a message after the beep, and I'll get right back to you. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. To leave a callback number, press 5. Yeah, Kyle, hit me back. All right, peace. I don't know what the fuck happened to him.
over where? Wings back. Okay, right on. Cool, cool. Okay, I'm back. All right. Oh, oh God. Oh, shut up. Oh, shut up. This is going to be one of those shows today, I can tell. Okay, this is the world I'm in right now. So. <laughs> anyway, you there? Yeah. Okay. So let's see if we can try to do this damn podcast. <laughs> oh, shut up. You and your fucking courts and cops. And all this okay, anyway. <laughs> Trying to do this podcast. <laughs> Man, don't let it get under your skin. It's all under my skin right now. Today, everybody's bugging the shit out of me. But, you know, that's normal. This is, I mean, it isn't really that much different from being at the transitional house in a way, except for so far, at least I've been able to, I don't know, it, it isn't that much different. But, okay, it's... At least hopefully I'll have a chance. Hopefully things will get better later on or something. <laughs> so we'll see what goes on. Yeah, so uh, after that, uh, took a nap. Then uh, did a Zoom meeting. And uh, we talked about just addiction, how it gets worse and worse as you go on. And it doesn't get better after you take a break. So that was interesting. Okay. And then after that, uh, talked to my family. 
you know, crack some jokes back and forth. Right in. And then, uh, you know, just ate some ramen noodles and some sandwiches, and that was my day. Right in. But uh, welcome so, back to the Kyle Chaos and Aaron Order show. I'm your host, Aaron Order. I'm Kyle Chaos. So uh, where are we starting today? Uh, we got 30 minutes of InfoWars left. Okay, yeah, let, let's, let's, see, yeah, let's see what's in the InfoWars today. False flag alert. Russia accuses CNN of working with Ukrainian Nazis to film staged killing of civilians. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I kind of don't believe that's happening. I think Russia is kind of bullshitting. I don't think what CNN is doing is staged. I mean, I think when they're reporting on it, 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 as much as they're being lame advertisers for the war, uh, I don't think they're—I don't think they're—they're they're, uh, purposely trying to make the Russians look. I don't think they're trying to make Putin look look worse than he already is. Putin really is a fucked up dude. I mean, I think they're right on that, but. The only complaint I have with CNN is they seem to be doing an advertisement for the war. You know, like the, the way that they're they're pushing the story is this is why it's important for you to go to be okay with your economy being fucked up because uh, we really need to fight against Putin bad. And you know, that's like that's like I, I think CNN is is. is doing the is reporting it to advertise for the war but i don't think they're i don't think they're artificially making putin look worse than he is but okay, okay uh and where's your head at on this should, should we go into this more or nah because i read more of it as you were talking and basically they're fucking just saying they're going to stage a civilian killing event. Okay, but that's Putin saying something's gonna happen, and I don't believe Putin's... I don't believe anything Putin does, and if a bunch of people get killed in Ukraine, I think that is Putin doing it. I don't think CNN's staging it. Uh, My only complaint with CNN is they seem to be reporting it as an advertisement for funding the war and for... uh, for uh, uh, doing the sanctions on Russia, like that's that's my only complaint about what I've seen. Which I haven't watched CNN since I was in the transitional house. But when I watched CNN in the transitional house, uh, it seemed like CNN was doing an advertisement for the war and an advertisement for funding the Ukraine and an advertisement for uh, doing the sanctions on Russia. Like they were just doing an official government report, you know. <laughs> but I don't think they were artificially making Putin look worse than he already was. Putin really, 
is that fucked up of a dude. Anyway, so should we go to the next uh, article? Yeah. And then, uh, COVID vaccine reactions more likely to put you in hospital than to prevent COVID hospitalization, British Medical Journal reports. Okay, should we go into this? Yeah, it's a video. Yeah, okay, let, let, let's, let's, uh, is it a short enough video? Yeah, the first one's minute 44. Okay, yeah, yeah let, let's watch the video. itself uh, but uh, is there another article or yeah should we go to the next article or where's your head at leftist newspaper encourages readers to save their pee to humiliate Putin why would that help humiliate Putin and why would that be leftist I mean I thought that being a leftist would mean you wouldn't want the war to be funded and that you wouldn't want the sanctions on Russia because, you know, we don't want another interventionist war. I thought that's what being a leftist was about. You know, that's what makes me see myself as a leftist. I didn't think being a leftist meant I'm supposed to be on the side of a war because Biden's supporting it. I mean, I don't think the people on the side, on the, on, uh, I don't think Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and, and, the, and the squad are on the side of the war because uh, uh, Biden supports it. 
you know, I, I think being a leftist means not going along with the war. Why should we even be trying to humiliate Putin? That's stupid. I mean, like, why should we be fighting a war with Putin? <laughs> That's uh, to me, being a leftist means we don't want to get involved in this interventionist war. <laughs> Uh, the left-wing newspaper was The Guardian. Okay, well, I wouldn't consider The Guardian a left-wing newspaper. I mean, my, when I first started paying attention to The Guardian in the 80s, when I started, or was it either the late 80s or early 90s, I think it was late 80s, I was listening to the BBC, and they talk about stories from The Guardian, and I always thought of The Guardian as more of a gossipy newspaper than anything. Uh, the way they reported stories kind of seemed very similar to the way the Daily Mail reported stories. is very gossipy. Like from when I first heard the BBC talk about it in either late 80s or early 90s. Uh, I think it was the late 80s. I think it was even the early 80s. I think it was like 1983. I'm hearing them tell stories from The Guardian. And the stories from The Guardian sounded very gossipy like the Daily Mail. So I've never thought of... of the Guardian as a left-wing newspaper. That's they're not left-wing. They're mainstream conservatives. You know, maybe Democrat. Maybe they're the Labor Party, but they're mainstream Labor Party newspaper. That's not left to me. That's just like me. It's like the Labor Party to me is like the Democrats. They're like the fake. You know, the Democrats are the fake left in the USA, and the Labor Party is the fake left in in uh, England. So I've always just thought of, of them as the fake left. That's not the real left. Their website says that they're the leading world's leading liberal voice. Okay, I've never really thought of them as a liberal voice. They seem to just support whatever the Labor Party did, which wasn't really all that liberal to me. Well, these are the people claiming to be part of your sect, man. Yeah, I know, but it's like the Democrats being saying that, oh, we're the left. I was like, there, there was a song, but like, if you ever hear, there was a song in the 70s uh, by a dude named Phil Oaks called Love Me, Love Me, I'm a Liberal. And uh, it's that kind of vibe. It's like the Democrats in, in the USA and the Labor Party in England are like saying they're liberal and they're not really liberals. <laughs> uh, the Guardian is encouraging its readers to save their urine in order to humiliate Putin and help the fight against climate change. Okay, how would saving your pee help the fight against climate change? And why do you want to... I mean, I understand wanting to help the fight against climate change. That makes sense. Uh, but how is saving your piss going to help fight the fight against climate change? And why do you want to live? Why do you want to uh, humiliate Putin? I mean, we really to, to me, if you're a real leftist, you want to make peace with Putin. You don't want to humiliate him. You know, Putin's a dick and he's a total asshole and everything he's doing is lame. But we don't want to fight a war with him. The only people who are getting anything from fighting a war with Putin Besides Ukrainians, which I understand why the Ukrainians want to fight against Putin, that makes sense. But for all these other countries to want to fight against Putin, the only thing they're getting out of it is to uh, to exploit the land and resources. 
and then that's not helping most of us that don't have money. The more we put sanctions on Russia and the more we arm the Ukraine, uh, the less handouts we can give to our own people and the less uh, we can, you know, the less we can, uh, the, the more people will be starving all around the world because we did sanctions on Russia. It's, uh, but okay, what's, yeah, what, what else in the article? Uh, the paper published an article calling on people to preserve their pee to help make up for the impact of sanctions on Russia, which have caused fertilizer shortages. Oh, okay, okay, for fertilizer. Okay, I kind of get that. I mean, I get it. If you want to, like, make sure that there won't be fertilizer shortages, that kind of makes sense, but I don't think it's to humiliate Putin. But okay, uh, what else in the article? Russia and Ukraine together are responsible for exporting 28% of the world's fertilizers made from nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium per NBC. Okay. The three fertilizer-creating substances are rich in urine. Okay. As a result of the Western sanctions against Russia and to a lesser degree the conflict in Ukraine itself... Russia is no longer exporting its urea to the West, which used the urine to create fertilizers for crops. Mm. The answer, according to The Guardian, is for people to start engaging in pea cycling and donating their urine to farmers. Okay. If I can use my pee to humiliate Putin, then that weird dream I had last week will sort of come true, it states. What's more, those same nutrients, when flushed into wastewater systems, become contaminants responsible for creating environmentally damaging algal blooms. Okay, I mean, I still don't think that's a reason to not flush your toilet after you take a piss. That's kind of stupid. But okay. So by has by saving my pee, I could help the environment thwart Russian aggression and produce urine-rich bread. <laughs> Adds the article. Okay, I don't know. I kind of think they're a bit wacky. I don't know. To me, that's just wacky. I, I don't think that has anything to do with being liberal. That's just being wacky. I mean, but it's all logical shit at the end of the day. It's just... They're just... You know... They're trying to make the fertilizer here instead of uh, over in Russia. Okay, I mean, I get the idea of making the fertilizer here instead of Russia. Just the whole, everything else, they're saying like, oh, we got to humiliate Putin, and if you don't flush your toilet after you take a piss, that's helping the environment. I have a hard time buying that argument. (laughs) I don't buy a lot of these climate change arguments, but... I, I buy most of the climate change arguments, but when you're saying, telling people, 
not to flush after you take a piss, that's getting a bit wacky. Uh, as Pat Pert points out, encouraging citizens to use the product of their toilet visits to fertilize crops didn't turn out so well in North Korea. Okay. Yeah, I kind of don't think it works that good. <laughs> While using bodily excrement or excretions to fertilize crops may seem alien in the West, Isolationist North Korea has reportedly urged its citizens to defecate and urinate on crops for the purpose of fertilization multiple times with the goal of averting food shortages. Okay. In 2017, it was claimed that North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un may have inadvertently started a parasitic worm epidemic in the country by forcing farmers to use human feces on their crops. Okay. The war in Ukraine has exacerbated a cost-of-living crisis in the UK characterized by soaring inflation and sky-high energy, petrol, and diesel prices. Mm-hmm. Despite pushing many Brits into poverty, this hasn't stopped millions of financially comfortable virtue signers, signalers from vehemently expressing their support for Ukraine and sustained Western involvement in the conflict. Yeah, no, but that's what makes me think that that uh, this kind of way of looking at shit is is more like just going along with the Labor Party and has nothing to do with being a true liberal. Because it's really all about supporting a lame war that a true liberal wouldn't be wanting to support. There are noticeably fewer Ukraine flags in poorer areas where the continuation of the war is forcing many people to choose between missing meals or paying their electricity bill. Yeah, no, that's scary. And then they have a Paul Joseph Watson video. Okay, yeah, let's let's watch this. uh, Let's watch this video. Go driving in well-to-do areas of England, and you'll be met with a familiar sight. Profusely performative moral exhibitionist appeals to support Ukraine. How? Giant flags, some not even displaying the proper colours, signs in the window, ribbons on the front gates. Quite how this, in any way, materially, supports Ukraine is anyone's guess. Seems like the primary purpose is to make these privileged, posh twats feel less self-conscious about their wealth guilt. And yet, for much of the rest of the country, the climate to support Ukraine is pushing them closer to poverty. Petrol and diesel prices, already climbing before the conflict started, have gone virtually parabolic since the sanctions on Russia. Four in ten Brits face entering fuel poverty later this year. Customers' debts are expected to rise 50% or £800 million. Come October, that's going to get horrific, truly horrific, said Scottish Power CEO Keith Anderson. It has got to a stage now where the size and scale of it is beyond what I can deal with, 
beyond what I think this industry can deal with. He says the company is being deluged by calls from panicked customers worried about how they're going to pay the bill. We're expecting a severe impact on customers' ability to pay, said Eon's UK chief executive. EDF Energy chief executive Simone Rossi says they've received a 40% spike in calls from customers alarmed at soaring prices. So yeah, it's very easy to display your support for Ukraine if you own three Range Rovers, an eight-bedroom manor house and a hundred acres of land an extra 20 quid here and there to fill up the tank, an extra 700 quid a year in heating costs, is barely even going to touch the sides. But to many others, it's the difference between being able to put food on the table, the price of which is also skyrocketing. So maybe before you feel the need to signal your virtue about supporting Ukraine with your stupid flags and your little ribbons to try and one-up your neighbours in your rich Cotswold enclave because their flag's bigger than yours, think just for a single second about the impact this is having on those who can't afford to support Ukraine. Because of our support for Ukraine, and because of the sanctions, they can barely afford to support their own families. Yeah, I agree with Paul Joseph Watson on this one. Definitely. Yeah, me too. Anyway, I... Yeah, let's, uh... I just don't think that's a sign of being a liberal, of supporting an interventionist war. That's the opposite of being a liberal. That's just supporting the, the Labour Party, if you're in England. Uh, but so, yeah, let's go to the next story. Democrat 2A freakout. Dissolve the Supreme Court. Go back to muskets. Okay. Uh, let's go into this. What are they talking about? The left's response to the Supreme Court Court's pro-Second Amendment decision has been predictable. When America's checks and balances don't go in their favor, Democrats resort to defying the law. Okay, well, that's... And when, when was this... Uh, decision made? I mean, is this like something that happened a while ago, or is this something new? Just happened today. Okay, yeah, so what happened today? Because I'm trying to figure out what happened. So I haven't heard about, the, you know, it's my first time hearing about this Supreme Court decision. So finally, Supreme Court did something to help us for a change. Finally, the Republican Supreme Court did something to to help us. <laughs> The many stuff they did to screw us over. This finally did one. They did one thing that didn't screw us over. Democrats are going ballistic over a Thursday Supreme Court decision solidifying Second Amendment rights for Americans. Mm-hmm. Ah. The court specifically struck down a New York state law where citizens had to prove they had proper cause to warrant a license to carry a firearm. The court specifically struck down a New York state law where citizens had to prove they had proper cause to warrant a license to carry a firearm. Oh, right on! Yay! 
Okay, cool. So basically, this affects the whole concealed carry permit. Oh, right on! Yeah! Cool! What else in the article? Uh, in response to this ruling, leftist commentators and Democrat politicians are suggesting we scrap the entire American rule of law system of checks and balances established nearly 250 years ago. Okay, well, that's ridiculous. Now, this is one thing, I mean, it's, and the Republican Supreme Court has done a lot to screw us over in this past month, but this is one thing where the Republican Supreme Court did something to help us out uh, by supporting our right to bear arms and to fight against our government when they get too draconian so that the, our government doesn't get as draconian as Canada or Australia or New Zealand or uh, Spain or Austria or France uh, so uh, I, I'm not buying what these people are saying uh, anyway what else in the article give me a second okay Failed uh, left-wing political commentator Keith Olbermann told his nearly one million followers it has become necessary to dissolve the Supreme Court of the United States. The first step is for a state the court has now forced guns upon to ignore this ruling. Great, you're a court. Why and how do think you can enforce your rulings. Okay, that's kind of ridiculous too. So, okay, that does not, I don't, I don't think, I, I hope that, that these states don't do that. If they do, that's going to be really ridiculous. It's like, I don't care if you're giving people freedom. We're not going to give people free. <laughs> Shit. I don't care what the Supreme Court says. We're not going to give people the freedom to bear arms. Fuck you. Well, you've taken that tack on certain topics. Yeah, no, I mean, on, on those toxic topics, it makes sense. But damn, this is this is just kind of ridiculous. They're like, it's like if the Supreme Court is taking away your freedom, it makes sense to go against the Supreme Court. If the Supreme Court is giving you freedom, it doesn't make sense to go against the Supreme Court. You can't have your cake and eat it too, cockass. Okay, I think we can. In a bizarre follow-up message, Old Bermans told the High Court to send the Scotus Army here to enforce your ruling. Oh, 
Okay. Well, I don't know. Like, are there leaders that are actually saying that they're going to keep pushing their their uh, these laws regardless of what the Supreme Court says? Huh? Like, is is the New York government really going to push their their laws regardless of what the Supreme Court says? Well, that's what this retard wants them to do. Who knows what they're actually going to try and do. Okay, but that's what this dude's saying. So we, they still have it. The government of New York still, and, and what other states are doing this, still haven't said what they're going to do about it. So until we know what the, 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 the people from these states that want to take away everybody's right to, to bear arms does, then we can't really comment except okay there's some reporters that are saying that we should ignore whatever the supreme court said uh which in this case would be pretty ridiculous New York's unelected Democrat governor, Kathy Hochul, responded to the news by saying she's sorry this dark day has come. Oh, it's such a dark day. Well, okay, if it's a dark day for the people in power, that's a good day for most of us average people. Like, whenever the people in power see it as a dark day, then that means it's a bright, a brighter day for the average person. True. This is something where the Supreme Court did something to keep us from being, where the Republican Supreme Court did something to keep us from being screwed over. We're supposed to go back to what was in place since 1788 when the Constitution of the United States was ratified, she said. And I would like to point out to the Supreme Court justices that the only weapons at that time were muskets. I'm prepared to go back to muskets. I don't think they envisioned the high-capacity assault weapon magazines intended for battlefields as being covered, but I guess we're going to have to disagree. Well, did they also uh, tell us how much that the... the, uh police would be militarized by this point and the national guard would you know how much heavy weapons the national guard would have to put down any popular revolution by this point i mean that, that that's what this is about you know? so yeah if the if the if the if the if the national guard and a militarized police has all these heavy weapons then the average uh, citizen should be able to have as heavy of a weapons as the, as the uh cops in the National Guard has. Probably. Yeah. Anyway, what else in the uh, article? Uh, they got a video of her talking. Okay, get a little to this. And I'm sorry this dark day has come. And we're supposed to go back to what was in place since 1788 when the Constitution of the United States of America was ratified. And I would like to point out to the Supreme Court justices that the only weapons at the time were muskets. 
I'm prepared to go back to muskets. I don't think they envision the high-capacity assault weapon magazines intended for battlefields as being covered with it, but I guess we're just going to have to disagree. So okay, what, well, you going to make the cops have muskets, bitch? I don't know. If, if they made the cops have muskets, then it would be a more equal playing field. But the thing is, the cops have these high-capacity weapons, and the National Guard has these high-capacity weapons. If the cops and the National Guard have these high-capacity weapons, then the average citizen should be able to have these high-capacity weapons. The people should be able to have as much armor, you know, as much armament as, as the cops and the National Guard, because that's who they send to stop any, and especially the National Guard, to stop any popular revolution. So, okay, wham, uh, wham, Kathy Hogel. I, you're, you're not, you're getting the world's smallest violin from me. <laughs> Democrat New York City Mayor Eric Adams claimed the ruling will put New Yorkers at further risk of gun violence. It might, but that's the... Price we have to pay to keep our government from being as draconian as, as Spain and Canada and Germany and Austria and France and uh, all those countries in Canada. So if it means we have more gun violence so that we can fight our government when they decide to uh, force uh, uh, these health restrictions on us that are completely ridiculous then I think that's what we need to do to stop our government from being as draconian as, as those countries. I mean, that's the reason why we haven't become as, as, as crazy as those countries so far. So, oh well. Anyway, what else is in the article? Sleepy Joe Biden issued a triggered statement claiming the ruling contradicts both common sense and the Constitution and should deeply trouble us all. Okay, well, to me, I see it as, as a uh, a brighter day for all of us people that, that don't want our government to become draconian, that don't want our, our government to become more tyrannical. This is going to ensure that, that our government can't become more tyrannical. He suggested issuing more gun-related executive orders in response to the court's decision. Okay, well, we'll see what he does with executive orders and how the Supreme Court's going to handle those, I guess. But uh, So who knows how Biden's going to try to fuck us after the uh, Republican Supreme Court kept us from being fucked with this time, which they've done a lot of stuff to fuck with us these past couple of months. But uh, this is one thing that they've done to keep us from getting fucked with, and we'll see what uh, the Democrats do to fuck us over when it comes to this shit. Vice President Kamala Harris called the ruling deeply troubling and said it defies common sense in the Constitution. Okay, well, this is the... The government line is, oh, my God, the Supreme Court is, de is defying common sense in the Constitution. That's their main talking point, and it's a bunch of crap. Yeah, pretty much.
Keep in mind, the Supreme Court justices are the most highly qualified constitutional scholars in the nation, and their rulings are all based on the Founding Fathers' documents. Okay, well, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I think a lot of times their rulings are based on how the big corporate, you know, I, I think that a lot of in a lot of times the Republican Supreme Court's rulings are based on how much the big corporations want to fuck us over, and I don't think it has as much to do with the Constitution as how much the big corporations want to fuck us over. But in this case, they're they're giving us more freedoms. So I, I see this as, as something that's that's giving us a brighter day. Continuing, Harris called on Congress to defy the court and pass the bipartisan gun safety proposal immediately and continue to do more to protect our communities. Okay, well, well the Democrats are going to say they're, they're bullshit to try and make sure that we lose our freedom, but uh, I'm not buying it. <laughs> Anyway, what else is in the uh, article? Slate senior writer Mark Stern said Justice Thomas' opinion is devastating as it goes so far beyond concealed carry. The Supreme Court has effectively rendered gun restrictions presumptively unconstitutional. This is a revolution in the Second Amendment law. Well, I agree with him. I, I think this is a revolution in Second Amendment law, and, and uh, it's uh, going to keep our government from becoming tyrannical. And what could create a massive rift in the federal government? The Biden DOJ issued a statement pushing back against the Supreme Court ruling saying they respectfully disagree and will continue enforcing federal firearms laws. Okay, well, we'll see what the Democrats do do to continue to take away our freedom. Could intentionally defying the rules made by the top court in the nation be considered an impeachable offense? Um, maybe? I think in this case it might be. I don't know. I don't... I guess the, the Republicans are going to have to decide uh, how intense how intense this is. Democrat Representative Katie Porter, California, said the legitimacy of our courts is in question. Okay, I I don't think the legitimacy of our courts is in question when it comes to this. Uh, I disagree with uh, Katie Porter on this. 
Uh, what else in the article? That's the end of the article. Okay, so right on. Uh, the Republican Supreme Court, after doing a bunch of stuff to screw us over these past, uh, especially this month, has done something to uh, help us out and help our, our country from, right, and keep our country from being more tyrannical. So, uh, right on. They, they did something to keep us from being screwed over. So, uh, let's go to the next article. Tucker Carlson, pro-red flag GOP politicians waging war on American voters. Okay, um, I might tend to agree with him on that, so let's hear, let's hear what this is about. And are we still recording? Um, three minutes left. Okay, so let's see if we can get through this article. It's a video. (laughs) The video, okay. Bravery is not the lesson anyone in Washington is taking from this. The lesson that Mitch McConnell draws from Uvalde is that we must ignore the details of what actually happened there and ignore the gun crime in the cities where it's actually taking place. Ignore all of that and instead disarm law-abiding citizens who have not been charged with any crime. Here's Mitch McConnell. Um, Senator Cornyn, who, as you know, I asked to be the point person on our side to see if we could come to an outcome uh, after these horrible school shootings. For myself, I'm comfortable with the framework, and if the legislation ends up (coughs) reflecting what the framework uh, indicates, I'll be supportive. I'll be supportive. How many people who voted for Mitch McConnell in Kentucky are supportive of this? 20%? That may be high. But yesterday, just a few hours after the text of this gun confiscation bill was released, the Senate voted on it. Just a few hours. Why? Well, John Cornyn said there was simply no time to allow anyone to read the bill, even people voting on it, or to try to understand what was in it. A reporter last night overheard John Cornyn, again, a senator from Texas, a Republican, say this, and we're quoting, it's only 80 pages long. How long do you need to read it? Then John Cornyn appeared in front of cameras to explain that the Senate cannot pass this bill soon enough. Watch. I don't want us to pass a bill for the purpose of checking a box. I want to make sure we actually do something useful, something that is capable of becoming a law something that will have the potential to save lives. I'm happy to report as a result of the hard work of a number of senators in this chamber that we've made some serious progress. So soon, very soon, not soon enough for me, but very soon we will see the text of bipartisan legislation that will help keep our children and our communities safer. This is grotesque. Under ordinary circumstances, you would just assume 
as always, these people live in their own hermetically sealed world. They have no contact with reality. They have no idea how out of step they are. But given the context of this moment, you have to interpret it differently. What you just saw was effectively a speech in support. Rish style. That's still kind of going on nowadays, but now they call it everything's electronic music, but when this shit first started, it was either acid jazz or trip hop, but this kind of sounds more like acid jazz than trip hop, so. Oh, he's probably listening to KCRW or something. <laughs> One of those shows. Alright, welcome back to the Kyle Chaos and Aaron Order show. I'm your host, Aaron Order. And I'm Kyle Chaos, and man, hearing what the way that John Cornyn and Mitch Mc mcconnell are described are pushing this law it sounds like they're not going to read the text i don't want to get rid of covid i don't want to get rid of covid i'm going to cause you to die okay Sorry. Anyway, going on to this subject. Ready to finish the video? Okay, but before we get into finishing the video, I just want to point out that this law is being passed where they're not even going to read the text of the law. Or they might like keep the the, the, the uh, Congress going at three in the morning to read the text, and so nobody's going to have a chance to see what's in the law before they have a chance to vote on it, and they're going to hurry it through like the way the Patriot Act was hurried through to, to take you know, where they took away a bunch of people's freedom before most of the Congress people had a chance to find out how much the law was going to take away everybody's freedom, and this is the same situation with this. Uh, gun control bill that's uh, this gun confiscation bill that they're they're trying to pass and it, it's the same kind of shit it's like the the mainstream republicans and democrats trying to take everybody's freedom away at the same time the way they did right after 9-11 when they pushed the patriot act and, and this is this is scary i'm really afraid of what's going to happen here and uh i hope that they don't rush this through the way they did the Patriot Act and that they really read the whole thing and don't do it all in one huge long marathon session at three in the morning so they can pass it as soon as possible and and then take away a bunch of people's freedom away at one at one time. That's pretty fucked up. Alright, ready to finish it? Um, yeah, let, let's finish this party whose job it is to offer an alternative to Joe Biden. It's enough to make your head spin. So just a few hours after Cornyn said that, the Senate voted to move forward with this bill. So what's in the bill? Well, there's $100 million for the FBI. For the FBI. No attempt to reform the FBI. We're shoveling another $100 million to the FBI, the personal police department of Joe Biden. The people who saved his son from a drug charge. Then there's nearly a billion dollars in order to bribe the states to, quote, implement and manage these so-called red flag laws. 
laws. Now, these laws allow authorities to seize firearms for people who have committed no crimes. That's a violation of due process. It's unconstitutional, but the Republican Party is all for it. The bill also makes it harder for people between the ages of 18 and 21 to buy a gun. They can go fight in Ukraine, and Republicans would like them to, but they can't own a gun in this country. Now, the question is, would any of these measures have stopped the mass shootings in Buffalo or Uvalde? No. This bill is completely unconnected from what happened in Buffalo or Uvalde. This is merely Joe Biden's agenda. Even Kevin McCarthy of California has refused to support it. So here you have Mitch McConnell, the lead Republican in the Senate, partnering with Chuck Schumer, the lead Democrat in the Senate, picking John Corden to carry the message and getting it done before anyone can even read the bill. And then on the Senate floor, John Cornyn turns to one of the most partisan Democrats in that body, Alex Padilla of California, and says, next we'll do immigration. Now, he was caught saying this, so Cornyn's office came out today and said, oh, it's just a hilarious joke, get it? First we'll take your guns, then we'll send your tax dollars to Zelensky in Ukraine, a country you can't find on a map, and then we're gonna give amnesty to tens of millions of illegal aliens living illegally in this country. To John Cornyn, it's all pretty funny. Does anyone who voted for John Cornyn in the state of Texas, the Republican state of Texas, agree that it's funny? Or even believe that it was a joke? How about the voters of South Carolina, Lindsey Graham's voters? After meeting in his office with a movie star to discuss the issue, ooh, they're pretty informed. Lindsey Graham also voted for gun confiscation last night. Not in Ukraine. He voted to send more guns to Ukraine. But you can't have guns here. Are you Ukrainian? No, no guns for you. And at the same time, as we said, Lindsey Graham is telling you your moral duty is to support a country you can't locate on a map, but your Bill of Rights, your constitutional protections are no longer valid. And there is nothing we shouldn't do for Kiev. Not for Texas, for Kiev. Here's Lindsey Graham. The question is, can we do more and should we do more? The answer is yes to vote. As to my friends in the Pentagon, you told all of us that this war would last three or four days, that Kiev would fall, that, you know, that the country would, would be overwhelmed by the Russian military. Uh, they were wrong. So, quite frankly, I trust President Zelensky's judgment about what would help him in real time more than anybody else on the planet right now. So the priorities they articulate in public are so far from the priorities of Americans that you have to wonder what this is. It's not simply a betrayal of Republican voters. We often call it that. It's much more. It's a declaration of war against Republican voters. In fact, against voters. For the record, here's a complete list of the Republican senators who just voted for gun confiscation. They would include Senator John Corner of Texas, Senator Mitch McConnell of Kentucky, Senator Tom Tillis of North Carolina, Senator Susan Collins of Maine, Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, Senator Bill Cassidy of Louisiana, Senator Roy Blunt of Missouri, Senator Richard Burr of North Carolina, Mitt Romney of Utah, Senator Rob Portman of Ohio, Senator Shelley Moore Capito of West Virginia. How do the West Virginians feel? Senator Joni Ernst of Iowa, Senator Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, and... Todd Young of Indiana. Senator Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania was absent for the vote, but he came out in support of it. Now, many of those senators are from America's most conservative states. Indiana, Utah, Louisiana, West Virginia. What were the numbers in the last election in those states? In fact, every one of those states, except for the state of Maine, went for Donald Trump in 2020. You're seeing the color-coded maps of election results in those states on your screen right now. Some of them are entirely red. 
So again, if you care about democracy, you have to ask, how many of those voters went to the polls in the last election hoping, above all, to elect leaders who support gun confiscation of law-abiding Americans, red flag laws? Not very many. So what we're seeing here, to be clear, is a subversion of democracy. You get to vote for whoever you want in this country. It can be a Republican or a Democrat, a liberal, a conservative. But in the end, you're going to get the very same thing every time. You're going to get a weaker U.S. dollar. You're going to get more pointless foreign wars. And you're going to get a lower standard of living for the middle class. In America, as in Western Europe, there's only one flavor of politics allowed, and that is corporate politics, just as there's only one flavor of media allowed, which is corporate media. And those two forces work together toward the same goal. More power for them, less power for you. Fewer families, more dollar stores. Less choice, more coercion. Less diversity, more sameness. Sound familiar? That's the Chinese model. But for Mitch McConnell, whose family, like so many families in Washington, has become rich from its ties to the Chinese government, it seems normal. But it's not normal. This level of disconnection from what voters actually want is dangerous and it's destabilizing. Self-government is what keeps countries calm and stable. Democracy is a pressure relief valve. Don't storm the Bastille, vote. If you take that away, or if you strip it of its meaning, people become angry and frustrated. And over time, they become revolutionary. And everyone in Washington knows this. So no wonder they want to disarm you. You can't have guns because they no longer trust you. And they no longer trust you because they know they've betrayed you. This is how democracy dies. Not in darkness, but in plain sight, live on C-SPAN. That's the end of it. Oh, so this got voted on already. Uh, they're getting ready to vote on. Okay, okay. So it's not gotten voted on yet, but there's a bunch of people that are willing to like, make this shit pass really fast, and, and that's pretty screwed up. Yeah, actually... Uh, with the exception of that one comment he made about, uh, uh, with the exception of that one bullshit comment that uh, Tucker Carlson made about uh, uh, about uh, people going to uh, people coming into the country from Mexico or whatever, that was like completely a bullshit argument. Most of what he said was really for real, and. Uh, yeah, this this is sad that uh, so many of the the mainstream Republicans and Democrats are, are pushing this corporate policy that's just going to take away a, a bunch of people's freedom in the same way that the Patriot Act uh, took away a bunch of people's freedom under under uh, uh, George W. Bush. Uh, th- this is if this thing gets voted on uh, and passes. It really is a a, 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 a bad day for uh, for uh, our our country. Well, actually, it says uh, as of seventeen minutes ago on Google that they passed the gun law. Oh shit! So it did pass. God damn it! That's okay. So we we just got seriously fucked over by the uh, 
mainstream Republicans and the Democrats uh, just recently here. So we're, we're, that's horrible. We're, we're fucked. Well, thanks, uh, lame government. You, you fucked us over again. Uh, I guess, uh, boo mainstream Republicans and Democrats. You, you, uh, took away a bunch of people's freedom at one time. This is, and brought a bunch of people in the mental health system. Uh, th- this is really fucked up. Fuck you. I don't know. What else can I say? Shit. That's, that's fucked up. Anyway, let's go to the next article. Senator posts cryptocurrency bill on GitHub. Chaos ensues. Um. What? Okay, what's this about? I don't get it. And I ensued because of it? Okay, I I really don't get it. Uh, it's a cryptocurrency regulation bill. Okay, so I guess we got to figure out. I, I don't know. You know, is this good for us or bad for us? I'm not sure. Cause I, I, I don't think cryptocurrency is a very trustworthy form of currency. So in a way, maybe they need more regulation on it. Uh, so I don't know, I don't know whether this is, this might be helping us more than screwing us over, but, uh, I don't, I don't know. We got to figure out what this is about and if this is helping us or screwing us over. So, uh, kind of let, let's, let's go into this article cause I'm, I'm not sure how, how to feel about this, this new uh, law. So they passed this law as fast as they did the Patriot, this gun law as fast as they did the Patriot Act, going back to the last story. That's, we're screwed. This is, we lost our freedom really fast. That's fucked up. Okay. Anyway, uh, what else in the article? It doesn't make much sense beyond saying that she wanted comments on the text of the law. Okay, so I don't know. Is this a good? Is this is this a law that's going to help us, or is this a law that's going to fuck us over? I mean, that's what we're trying to find out. Uh, introduced earlier this month by Loomis and Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, Democrat, New York, the Responsible Financial Innovation Act would create a framework for regulators to determine whether a certain digital asset should be considered a commodity or security while implementing new stable coin provisions. Notably, the bill would put much of the regulatory authority over cryptocurrency in the hands of the Commodities Future Trading Authority, significantly expanding the agency's budget and authority. 
Okay. And that's the end of the article. Okay, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that really might help us out more than that law might help us out more than fuck us over because cryptocurrencies are pretty risky, and if they are more regulated, I. It, by something like the commodities industry, then maybe they won't be as risky. So I don't know. I think this might actually help us out more than screw us over. I, I don't know. Like, how do you see it? Eh, I think the whole point of cryptocurrency is for government not to be regulating it. Okay, so maybe it wouldn't. But but still, it's like being kind of a risky currency. And if all these countries are trying to go to something more risky, I mean, this is kind of why I think it might be helping us because all these countries want to, like, say, let's screw regular currency like the dollar or or whatever other currencies are out there from other countries and, and go to a digital currency. And I think this might be a way to stop things from turning into going everything from going into a digital currency. Uh, It just seems like they're trying to turn the cryptocurrency market into another stock market. Okay. I don't know. I mean, that might help us out. I'm not sure. I mean, as far as just to make it I still think this might still help us to to not make it such a fast switch from regular currency to di- to uh, digital currency. The next article is Supreme Court limits ability to enforce Miranda rights. Okay, uh, yeah, let's go into this because that kind of doesn't sound good. Uh, let's go into this. A ruling Thursday said that suspects who are not warned about their right to remain silent cannot sue a police officer for damages under federal civil rights law, even if the evidence was ultimately used against them in their criminal trial. Okay, was this done by the Republican Supreme Court? Uh, it just says Supreme Court. Yeah, so that's the Republican Supreme Court then. Yeah. So the Republican Supreme Court, while they made one decision to help us out, they made another big decision to screw us over, saying that if the cops don't warn you of your Miranda rights, uh, what was it, they can't be sued for it? Yeah. That's screwing us over. That's a Republican Supreme Court definitely screwing us over with that decision. So they made one decision today to help us out and one major decision to screw us over royally. So that that's fucked up. Boo Republican Supreme Court for screwing us over when it comes to our, our uh, Miranda rights. That's fucked up.
Uh, it's not really something that comes into the picture usually, but I mean, no, some people. A lot. That's one of her oldest decisions. You know, that's a, a lot of people have gotten off on technicalities because of the cops not warning people of their Miranda rights. And now this is totally overturning like something that's been going on since 1970. That's fucking crazy. Mm, I haven't heard of that many people getting off on it. I've heard a lot. There have been a lot of cases. I, that's like I, I took a law enforcement class in uh, high school in 1984, and there were a lot of cases around that time in the 70s and 80s where a lot of people got off on technicality because uh, on technicalities because the cops didn't read somebody their Miranda rights. This is like totally overturning a heavy long time precedence in the Supreme Court. It, it, it's heavy. It's fucked up. Where you go next article? Okay, she just had an energy burst. <laughs> okay, uh, what were you about to say? <laughs> Ready to go to the next article. Okay, let's go to the next article. But the, the, the Republican Supreme Court screwed us over royally with this decision, in my opinion. But okay. Border Patrol paroles. Okay, well, eat them. I'm not trying to eat your fucking food. I'm going to your face. Okay, where where you at? Border Patrol paroles migrants to avoid massive overcrowding. Okay, cool. So at least more people are able to uh, get into uh, the country. Yippee. Um, uh, Want to go into this? Where's your head at on this? It's pretty self-explanatory, you know, the borders are just being open wide open. Okay, um, so, uh, okay, so let's go to the new, let's go to the next article then. Uh, Wisconsin election investigator says he deleted records. Okay, um... Uh, let's go into this. That's uh, pretty screwed up, maybe, depending on what's going on. But yeah, let's go into this. Looks like a video. Okay, yeah, let's go. Uh, 
the college in 1992. What's the crazy Mexican chick saying now? Yeah, she's that Mexican. This is the crazy white chick. Mm. She's like a weird Canadian chick that's angry. Or like, she came from Canada and came here, and she's like really pissed off at at uh, everything. <laughs> yeah, it's text. Okay. It's a text message video. And a pretty show. Text message video. Election investigator says he deleted records. Michael. Wait, is, this from, is this from Infowars? No, Google. Oh, wait, Google now. Okay, you didn't tell me when we were switching to Google. It's been the last two or three. Okay, so so now we're doing Google now. Okay. I'm just, like, trying to figure out what we're doing here. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. So, what's going on here? Michael Gableman, an ex-Wisconsin Supreme Court justice, was hired to investigate Joe Biden's victory in the battleground state. Mm-hmm. Oh damn, this is that David Bowie music. <laughs> it sounds like Bowie. <laughs> the return of the thing might do Throwing darts on Lady Life <laughs> This sounds like that kind of music. <laughs> On Thursday, the former Wisconsin Supreme Court justice hired to investigate Joe Biden's victory testified that he routinely deleted records. Okay, well, this... Michael Gableman testified in a court hearing about whether the person who hired him Republican Assembly Speaker Robin Voss should face penalties. Okay. After being found in contempt earlier for how he handled open records requests from American Oversight... Under pressure from former President Donald Trump, Voss hired Gableman a year ago to investigate Trump's loss to Biden by under 21,000 votes in Wisconsin. Gableman testified that he did not retain notes he took during meetings he attended including one in August in South Dakota, hosted by my pillow founder, Mike Lindell. Okay. 
He also said he deleted records if there was no pending open records request and determined it was not useful or pertinent to his work. Did I delete documents? Yes, I did. Gableman testified that someone in his office deleted his personal Yahoo email account for him after he had received an open records request from American Oversight. The judge asked Gableman if he had searched the account for responsive records before deleting it. He replied, I believe so. The judge said Gableman often gave conflicting testimony but it was clear that he had destroyed records that were contrary to what fits into the scheme of things. That's what I'm trying to figure out. What, who is it, was, it, was this helping Biden or was this helping Trump? We don't know. I'm not sure either, so like that's kind of... I'm not sure what's happening here. That's the end of it. Okay, I'm very confused after reading this. I don't know what this story means at all. Like, did you get the same feeling? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Okay, so we read an article that's just so confusing that we don't even understand what this article is saying. We, we know this dude deleted a lot of notes, but we don't know who this helped. So this doesn't help us. We didn't really learn anything because the article was so confusing. So, okay, let's go to the next article. Biden approval rating slips for fourth straight week. Okay, where's your head at on this? I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. I looked it up earlier. His approval rating is now 36%. Okay, yeah, so let's, should we go to the next article? Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah, let's go to the next article. But okay, so that's happening, okay. U.S. House Speaker's husband charged with driving under the influence of alcohol. That's way old. Okay, so we already covered that? Yeah, Nancy Pelosi's husband. Okay, yeah, yeah, we covered that. So yeah, let's go to the next article. (laughs) 
Elon Musk says he's worried about keeping Tesla out of bankruptcy. Okay, um, where's your head at on this one? I think it's worth going into. Yeah, let's go into it. Okay. It's like, maybe your car shouldn't be so expensive, bro. Maybe. All right, well, let's uh, see what's going on. I mean, we have, what is this going to do for the future of electric cars if, he does, if, if Tesla does go bankrupt? It's a video. Okay. surface and the surface is all you'll see essential intelligence from S&P Global takes you deeper where a more prosperous future is yours for the seeking S&P Global seek and prosper so but both Berlin and Austin factories are gigantic money furnaces right now yeah okay it should be like a giant roaring sound which is the sound of money on fire Okay, that's what dumpster fire, right? Dumpster fire. Fire. Bigger than a dumpster. Dumpster's too small. Which is the sound of money on fire? Okay, that's what dumpster fire, right? Dumpster fire. Bigger than a dumpster. Dumpster's too small. Supply and supply chain issues are affecting Tesla. Factories, Elon Musk said during an interview with a Tesla owner group. The past two years have been an absolute nightmare of supply chain interruptions, one thing after another. And we're not out of it yet. Overwhelmingly, our concern is how do we... Damn, this is buffering a lot. No, the factory's nice. operating, so we can... ...pay people and not go bankrupt. Musk claimed in the interview that Tesla factories in Germany and Texas are losing billions of dollars. Mm -hmm. He also said port closures in China affected the supply chain. Mm -hmm. Like this factory is losing insane money right now. Like, we should be uh, outputting a lot more cars from this factory versus a very puny amount of cars. Uh, now, this is all going to get fixed real fast, you know, but it requires a lot of attention. Getting Berlin and Austin functional and getting Shanghai back, back in the saddle fully are overwhelmingly our concerns. Musk has been criticized in recent years for Tesla's rare engagement with traditional news media in the U.S., Mm -hmm. 
Most claims could not be independently verified, but the current quarter has been Tesla's most financially difficult in more than two years. That's the end of the video. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, I wonder. I mean, is he going to still be the richest person in the world if Tesla goes uh, bankrupt? And uh, how much power is he going to have, depending on whether Tesla goes bankrupt? If he buys Twitter, you know, will he be able to buy Twitter if Tesla goes bankrupt? Uh, is he going to wind up losing some some pull in the business mafia? If uh, he goes bankrupt, this is the kind of stuff I'm wondering. What, what do you? How do? You, what are you thinking when you hear this? Yeah, I just think he got a little too big for his britches. Maybe, maybe. So, I don't know. We'll see what his status is in the Fortune 500 uh, next time it comes out or whatever. Like you know, because that's how you find it when you look at the Fortune 500 or the Forbes 500 or whatever, you know, like when you look at that, that's when you find out who the people in the, in the current business mafia are, you know, that's how you find out who's really running our country. But, uh, yeah. So, so we'll see what goes on with, uh, with Tesla, where, where he stands in the business mafia. <laughs> It's almost unbelievable. People are having their job offers rescinded days before they start. Okay, uh, I guess we should go into this, I think? Yeah, looks like a okay. video. Okay. I guess it is not a video. Joyne Speller was excited to start a new job as a project delivery specialist for a healthcare company on June 6th. As she wrapped up at her old nonprofit job on a Friday, she emailed her new company to confirm her start time on Monday. Hours later, she got another email. The company had some logistics to work out on their end. So Speller would actually start on Tuesday. That slid into Wednesday and then Thursday. On Friday, Speller got a phone call. Due to budget cuts, the job she hadn't even started yet was being eliminated. I was told they were trying to find me a position in a different department, but it's also the end of their fiscal year, so they're taking a long time to get back to me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Going back to her old workplace, which she says was toxic, and had high turnover wasn't an option. But she needed to pay for a car repair and care for her four-year-old son. She's been doing DoorDash deliveries to make ends meet for the past three weeks. 
After yeah. taking a few days to process her rescinded job offer, Speller fired up LinkedIn to apply for jobs and saw more news of major companies doing layoffs and taking back offers. Yeah, that's freaky. Going from rapid hiring to rescinding offers in mass is highly unusual. Yeah, that's what happens when they start a recession, motherfuckers. <laughs> That's the end of the article. Okay, so I guess people are having a hard, are like thinking they got a job and they're all of a sudden they don't have a job and that's freaking them out and it's pretty screwed up. Uh, so yeah, let's go to the next article. It's kind of the perfect time. Ryan Reynolds details Mint Mobile's counterintuitive inflation play. Okay, uh, I'm not sure what this article's about, so let's go into this, I guess. <laughs> Looks like it's a video. Okay, um, I guess let's go into the uh, video. What's the see if it's something real or a lot of text. I mean, either way, it's real, but... Could take a while. Let's see. There it is. Hey, Sounds like text. Yahoo Finance presents. I am here with Ryan Reynolds, actor and Mint Mobile owner. How are you, Ryan? I'm good, Allie. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for joining us. Where are you today? Uh, I'm in New York. Oh, you're in New York. In New York. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are in Los Angeles. Yeah, I'm in Los Angeles. Um, so let's dive right into Mint's deflation campaign. Yeah. So you're lowering rates, doing the opposite of what Big Wireless does, because quote, we don't hate you. Can you elaborate on that? <laughs> well, yeah. Look, AT&T, they're raising their prices due to inflation, and AT&T and Verizon are. And, you know, it's, uh, we just wanted to do the opposite of that. You know, I mean, it's dropping prices on all plans, including uh, it's unlimited plan down to $15 a month for the first three months. And, you know, look, this is, this is the exact reason that I became an owner of this company, is that it's just a, it's a company that just thinks different, pivots when it needs to. Uh, and, you know, I just, I've never quite understood, look, wireless is an essential service. Why would you pay $100 a month for something where you could get the exact same thing for $15 a month? Um, and, you know, that's, that's been, that's quite literally the business model uh, of Mint. You know, there's no brick and mortar. 
It's a, it's a company that has, you know, largely pioneered the D2C online wireless category and has built a business that really truly scales so much more efficiently than your traditional brick and mortars. And, you know, this, that's the special sauce that, you know, instead of keeping those efficiencies, we're, we're passing them on right back to the customer in the form of crazy low prices. And I think right now in the world we're living in, economically speaking, it's kind of the perfect time for, for, for people to discover what Min has to offer. Yeah, I'd love to spin that out a little bit. You know, we've been talking about inflation now for the last two years-ish. So what made right now the right time to run this promotion? Well, you know, like it's it's more than anything, it's right in the zeitgeist, I think. You know, this is something that, that has become a cultural conversation, inflation. You know, it's uh, it might not be the sexiest cultural uh, conversation, but it's, it's on the tips of so many people's tongues, and rightly so. You know, um, Big Wireless, they're posting these multi-billion dollar profits you know even just this last quarter and then they're raising prices due to inflation that's a you know to me that that is a humongous opportunity that i'm going to jump on um and every and and my my uh my colleagues at mint my, my partners at mint felt the same way so this is exactly what mint was built for um moments like this and how long had you sort of been talking about this particular campaign this has been uh, something that we've been formulating for for months now. Um, you know, as inflation has slowly sort of eked up, but at the same time, it's our baseline is already incredible. I mean, we're off, we offer unlimited plans for thirty dollars a month, so you know we have no plans to raise prices at all. You know, and on two separate occasions, Mint actually we increased data bucket sizes for all subscribers at no cost to existing subscribers. So you know, and we'll also you know one of the other things that I think is so you know interesting about mint is it's it's innovation isn't necessarily in the product because we're offering the same service that big wireless is offering it's the price the innovation is in the price i mean you see so many people that are in my position at least that are you know working for working with or working for different companies and that sort of thing at these aspirational kinds of products i think pragmatic is really sexy i think practical is really sexy and that's why uh i saw this enormous opportunity with mint it's why this i think part of the reason this company has doubled year over year since it was founded five years ago. I mean, the, the growth, the revenue growth has been 90,000% over the last several years, which just sounds like an insane number. But um, I'm, as you can tell, I'm super excited about Mint. I think it really is the way, you know, it should be. It's, like, it's just, it, there's a reason it's growing this much. And it's, uh, it's pretty exciting to be a part of. Yeah, I, I also kind of want to talk about the origins of your relationship with Mint. And back, go back to 2019, how did you connect with Mint and what made you invest? It sounds like part of it is pragmatic as sexy, but I'd love to hear a little bit more. Uh, you know, it was, it, my, my relationship with Mint actually predates 2019. It was, it was um, uh, one of the founders of Mint was, uh, I was on the board with him at the Michael J. Fox Foundation for Parkinson's Research. And uh, I had a relationship with him and, and he sort of turned me on to, to Mint. And I, have, I run a business, so I have a lot of employees. I have a lot of cell phones that I pay for and wireless plans that I pay for. So I tried it out and there was literally zero difference. Uh, except my bill was, you know, you know, seventy-five percent less than it would have been um, otherwise. So that, I just tried it out for a while. But he had already talked to me about, hey, you want to partner up on this because um, this is an interesting space and something that I think that you you might enjoy. And turns out I do enjoy it. And it turns out I did want to partner up. So I uh, I bought a big chunk of the company, and from that point forward, this is uh, this this has been a, a huge part of a huge piece of my time each and every day. And uh, well placed as well. I love I love working with these folks, and I, I love what I get to do. And you know, I mean, often when consumers think about a wireless brand, though, right? They think about the big three. So, 
How is Mint positioning itself to be different? Price is a big part of that. What else? Well, I just think that, you know, wireless is, I think I touched on this earlier, wireless is essential. This is an essential service. I, 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 there, are, there are almost no people that I'm aware of that do not use this service uh, in some form or another. So, um, you know, to innovate in terms of price and to allow uh, folks optionality in that way, I think that's a, that's hugely important. And that's, a, that's something that I, I personally love about it. I love how pragmatic it is. And I just love how well it works. So it's, uh, that, that to me is, is really everything. I mean, I could get into all the sort of nano details that don't really matter about why you know, Mint is running so efficiently and why it works so well. But, but it really, at the end of the day, people, what people care about is, does it work? Yes, it works just as well, if not better than the big, than big wireless. And it's, it's radically, uh, it's a radically lower price. So, you know, the other thing about Mint that's really interesting is, I guess like a lot of wireless companies, but in a way that feels really new, Mint, you know, you've made some really memorable ads at Mint, and I feel like it's a big part of the Mint story. Um, it also seems like you've kind of always been interested in marketing, advertising, aviation gin, maximum effort. So where does that interest in marketing come from, and how do you think about it? I love storytelling, and storytelling is, there is, there is no uh, one bucket. Uh, for which we tell stories from. It's, it's, you tell stories in sports, we tell stories in marketing, we tell stories in movies and novels, all these different places. So I'm interested in any version of storytelling. And marketing is, is a wonderful version of storytelling. I have so much fun. Uh, uh, I own a marketing company, Maximum Effort Marketing. Uh, uh, you know, that I spend my days kind of giggling and having the time of my life with the, the incredible creatives that I get to work with uh, day in and day out. And, and we love telling stories and we love acknowledging and playing with the cultural landscape. And that has been our kind of, I don't know, North Star uh, since since we were formed. I mean, I formed a marketing company by accident. I bought Aviation Gin. Uh, well, I, it started really with Deadpool. Uh, and then there were these incredibly profound principles that, that, that we learned in marketing Deadpool that we then uh, carried over to products and services. So. That's really, what were some of those principles out of curiosity? I know we're well, running out of time, but I'm curious. No, no, I'm happy to talk about it. The, 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 biggest, the biggest one is that necessity is the mother of invention. Every time that I've run into trouble in storytelling, in films in particular, is when there was too much time and too much money. So when you take some of those out and you add constraints, whether they're manufactured by us or manufactured by a third party, you get creative. You get everything becomes more interesting. You start to replace spectacle, which is money, with character, which is free-ish. So uh, most of our work in, is, sort of, is sort of, we, we sort of circle the wagons around character over spectacle. Uh, so we're creating moments that are memorable, but we're, we're, we're creating them on a platform that is both scrappy, fast, and inexpensive. So we, we talk about this thing called fast advertising at maximum effort, and that is a big part of what we do. It's when we're acknowledging and jumping into the cultural conversation, sometimes within 36 hours of the cultural conversation starting, we've already uh, ideated, uh, written, shot and edited a commercial and it's and it's out and that's something that i take great pride in i'm not saying that that's the norm and that every every marketing uh, uh company should be working that way but it's something that we'd love to do and you know i want to hit on aviation gin just really quick you invested in february 2018 and since uh, then, i think we of... got the basic gist yeah, you know, this is just some dude with a stupid company that uh like who cares this is boring as fuck <laughs> Like, I, you know, like, I don't, I don't care about this dude. He's like, 
I just wonder, like, okay, if you're charging that little for the for the the service, how how much do the calls drop on that service? I wonder if it's like as bad as Boost Mobile and shit for calls being dropped. <laughs> I'm calling you on Mint Mobile. On Boost Mobile. Mint. Okay, well that's a, oh that's their company. Yeah. Oh, right on then. Yeah, no, the your calls don't drop out that much. Last time, I don't know like why the call dropped out so heavy. Yeah, I don't know what happened there, but usually it doesn't drop calls. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, you know, 180 bucks for a year of service is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Although they they kind of they kind of scrimp you a little bit on the electronics. Like they charge you like ten, twenty dollars more than you know for a phone or an SD card. But then they kind of make up for it where if you take like certain deals, they'll take like $50 off your order. So, I mean, it's a good company so far. I don't have any complaints. And he's actually a very good actor. Like, have you ever seen uh, the Deadpool movies? God damn it. He's got good taste in music, I think. Shit. Uh, okay, whatever. God, shut up. God, you're annoying. Okay, anyway, where are we? I said, did you ever see the Deadpool movies? Uh, yeah. Yeah, this is the same actor. He's the director of those movies and the actor. Is he the one that plays Deadpool? Yeah, he's also the director. Oh, right on, right on. Cool. Yeah, no, I, I loved his, I loved his uh, stuff. The, like, he just had good lines in the Deadpool movies. Yeah, that was cool. Uh... The mainstream media's lies on secret migrant flights. Okay. Wait, say that again? The mainstream media's lies on secret migrant flights. Okay, uh, let's go into this. For a classic example of shoddy, dishonest journalism that serves as pure propaganda for the Biden administration, look no further than NPR's attempt to discredit our reporting on the secret flights ferrying illegal immigrants from the southern border to unsuspecting communities around the country. Um, okay, but who cares? Like, the only people that care about this are, like, racist people. So it's like, who cares? It's like... It's like, if... If... If, uh... If Biden is doing this or not, like, the only people that care about this are, like, people that don't like Mexicans. So it's like, who cares? Like, I don't think this is, like... 
exposing some really bad, lame shit. This is just like the only people that care about this are racist. So like, who cares? Yep. Vast majority of Americans are a bunch of racists. Yeah, but that's what I mean. If the vast majority of, of, of Americans are a bunch of assholes that, that care so much about, because I don't like bainers, like, then who gives a fuck? This is like, this isn't like groundbreaking news shit. This is like, uh, I mean, this, this isn't, I mean, if this is true or not, the only people that care are a bunch of fucking assholes. So it's like, so what? <laughs> so so it doesn't matter. Coming all across the country to be able to have a better life. Big fucking deal. Uh, I don't think this is like bad. I don't think this is like Biden fucking people over. I mean, Biden's done a lot to fuck us over, but this is one area where Biden's not fucking us over. So... <laughs> From the minority's point of view. Maybe, but, you know, this is where the majority is just a bunch of fucking assholes, so. Because, I mean, you know you're not doing something that's good when you need to hide it from everybody. Okay, well, I don't think it's bad. It's just people being able to live a better life in the country. So it's like... What's the big deal? But I mean, if you want to go into this, we'll go into more more of this. But this just sounds, this just sounds like it's just making a bunch of racist assholes. Like, oh my god, there's a bunch of people coming in the country. Big fucking deal. They're gonna be letting a bunch of Afghani's a few hundred thousand come in next too. Okay, cool. Let's hope they can. Uh, I don't know. Let's 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 hope they can uh, help their country uh, uh, not uh, make the same mistakes we did. I don't know. Let's hope they can have a victory, and in, in, in that uh, at least in their country, men can still have it made. I don't know. No, Afghani's are being brought over in the hundreds of thousands to America. Okay, so maybe they can like do some work for for Al Qaeda, you know, and, and make sure that uh, they can cause some havoc and 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 give their country a I don't know, give their country a name and, and fight against uh, how we fucked over the Palestinians and and uh, make sure that in their country that that uh, men will still have it made. I don't know. Like every time they have a victory and you know do something crazy in in our country or some European country, it's a victory for men. <laughs> yeah, that's not fucking over the American people. You know, just bring some people that are gonna just cause violence. I don't know. I don't care. I really don't. This is like that's not screwing me over as somebody that doesn't have money. It's not making my world worse. I don't have a problem with Biden doing that. The only people that have a problem are the assholes that are making my life worse. So I don't care. Time will tell, Cal Chaos. Time will tell. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, because me, I'm more of the entertained by the debacle of it all. 
It's just people got to learn the hard way from my perspective. So, you know. Okay, like, I don't see it. Because, like, I don't think we're being screwed over by this. So I don't, like, I don't get it. So you bring over a bunch of jihadis that are going to... Welcome back to the Kyle Chaos and Aaron Order show. I'm your host, Aaron Order. And I'm Kyle Chaos. Uh, so tune in next time when we hear more about how we're being screwed with and how we're trying to stop ourselves from being screwed with. And I guess, well, the Republicans screwed with us when it came to that Miranda rights decision, but uh, uh, at least the Republicans stopped, or the, the Republican Supreme Court screwed with us with the, when, it, when it came to that Miranda rights decision, but at least the Republican Supreme Court stopped us from being screwed with by the uh, concealed carry uh, decision uh, that happened. So that's one way that we kept ourselves from being screwed with, but overall we've been mostly screwed with. You can't forget from your perspective, you know, the migrants being released from the jails due to overcrowding is good. You know, so that that stopped a lot of people from being screwed with. So right on. So yeah, that's that's good. So with the uh, migrants getting uh, released from uh, jail to stop the overcrowding is another way that a lot of people uh, stop being screwed with. So that's cool. Well, all right, get out of here, you hippies. This hippie is. Exiting the discarnate facility of this this podcast, where you're uh, you're uh, we're we're in 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 your your hot apartment in Ohio and out on the streets here in Sherman Oaks at the same time. <laughs> yes, pip pip, cheerio. Cheerio, quite. All right, peace out. Peace out. <laughs>